You guys asked for it, and today we deliver. From Tactical Bassin, Matt Allen and Tim Little on... I'm Bob Cobb from the Bassmaster. Welcome to Mercer. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back for the 24th edition of this particular podcast. 24 is a special number in Canada. For those of you that know, know. So enjoy your 2-4. It's Wednesday, but it is also National Bavarian Crepes Day, National Goof-Off Day, National West Virginia Day, National AG Day, National Day of Radiant Peace, World Rhino Day, World Car-Free Day, and finally, World Narcolepsy Day. Ironically, some people have called this podcast a cure for narcolepsy. But this week, we've got a big one. We've got one that you guys programmed. So many of you asked me to have these guys on, and honestly, it took a while to make it happen. They are friends of mine, but they have an incredible, incredible YouTube channel. They may be some of the most educated people in the sport of bass fishing. And, and they put a lot of it out there on Tactical Bass. And I mean, this is a channel that is watched by people that are making their first cast and people that are casting in the Bassmaster Classic. It literally spans that much. That's how much knowledge you'll get from this channel. But without further ado, let's bring them in right now. From Tactical Bassin, Tim Little and Matt Allen. And there they are, two of the most requested guests I've ever had. You know, when I threw it out there and said, who do people want to see on the podcast? Tactical Bassin got a unbelievable response. Uh, welcome to the show, guys. Does that still kind of shock you? you? You know, like, I mean, you must see the presence you guys have in the industry now. It's yeah. definitely still shocking every time. It is. It's weird. We're just fishermen. Is that the truth? Is that is do, do you think that's the reason that this channel has been so successful? That that you are just fishermen? I hope so. I yeah, so. I think that's I think that's what it is. You know, there's there are a lot of professional anglers, and we're just we're just a couple of guys that really, really like fishing. Right. So you have almost half a million followers on YouTube. You've you've made a bit of, a, of an impact in this industry, I would say. Was that always the plan? I mean, did you guys say, hey, let's let's be masterminds and get on YouTube and build this empire? No, never. Matt, go ahead and jump in and go ahead, give your spiel. <laughs> My spiel. No, that it, that couldn't have been farther from the plan. Uh, we had no plans at all, honestly. Tactical was just uh, sitting around one night and watching people talk on forums and seeing some things that we didn't think were right. The first video was just us telling the truth. And that, that was where it started. We're going to tell the truth about these things for better or worse. You know, not everybody will agree with what we view the truth as right. But that was the plan. We're just going to start putting out good, honest information, tell the truth, and try to give back to the fishing community that's helped us so much. And that was 12 years ago. And that mission has never changed. And we did not have a clue what was going to happen. We used YouTube as our video hosting at first. We didn't even plan to yeah. be on YouTube. It was just the most convenient place to host a video. We didn't have a clue what we were doing. We still don't. <laughs> 
I think you figured out some stuff, but you both had <laughs> other jobs at that time, right? And this is all you do now, right? Right. So yeah, we both we both had careers, and and Matt was a super sought after guide, and I was a, a game warden or a conservation officer, and we were doing this on the side, you know, just to, like Matt said, give back to the industry that had done so much for us, um, and we just wanted to give honest information to the single mom trying to teach her kid how to fish, to you know the touring pro on the East coast that wants to know how to catch fish in clear water Highland reservoirs. So it was just kind of a put out what we, we don't know everything, but what we do. And, and, and it's been, it's been amazing. It's, it's, it's been really, really fun ride. I think that's one of the things that amazes me most about your channel um, and your following. It's like, there's a lot of different successful YouTube channels and, and successful TV shows, but generally you can say, okay, well, this is their target. You know what I mean? Obviously, the Googans have a younger skewed target and that sort of thing. But what amazes me about you guys is you literally have, like you said, people learning to fish for the first time to literally touring pros watching your videos. Why do you think you, you have appealed to such a broad, broad audience? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think it really does come back to the fact that we're not holding back. I think that's what it is. You know, we, like I said, it was about telling the truth. And, and even when we're wrong, we're honestly telling the truth. Uh, so we have found that over the years, things that we'll say have changed because we are growing as anglers too. And I think that speaks to people. You know, the first time we started traveling across the country, we were thrilled thrilled to find that a lot of the things that we really believed held true all over the place, but there were a few things that didn't. So we're always changing with it. Uh, and we don't hold back. So at every level from tying knots up to retrieves that nobody's ever talked about, when we figure it out, we're going to tell it like it is. So I think people know that it's the front edge of whatever we're doing. And I think that's appreciated. Is that something you guys have to work at to stay on that front edge? Or is that literally something that if you're just obsessed with this sport, you, your everyday life keeps you on top of it? Well, I think it's both of those things. We, we are so ate up with bass fishing. It's not even funny that the tackle addiction is real for sure. But, um, you know, that so to answer that, yes, it's just everyday life, but it's also a ton of work. You know, you can't you can't explore that much tackle without being an actual tackle fanatic you can't go to that many places without just being ate up wanting to get back on the road and go catch another fish one of the things that you see with with youtubers especially is is burnout i mean they literally burn out at certain points just because i mean it, it's kind of like newman used to explain being the mailman i mean the mail never stops day after right. day always coming um and that's kind of what YouTube's like for full-time YouTubers. I mean, it never, there's never an off season. You're literally pumping out content, if not daily, weekly. Mm -hmm. uh, have you guys ever suffered from that? Or do you think the fact that there's two of you, it helps? It definitely helps, but there is this um, belief that all we do is just fish all the time. Yeah. And it's just Matt and I, <laughs> we keep everything in house. You know, our wives do some stuff too, but transitioning into turning your, your hobby, uh, into a, a job 
makes it work. Right. So you, there is that work factor. So we're always, I mean, there's so many sleepless nights, you know, trying to grow the channel from the beginning, you know, editing, you know, working, guiding or patrolling all, all day and then getting home, editing videos all night, never sleeping, going back to work. So there's a lot of work that's, <laughs> that people don't understand, you know, that, yeah. that I'm sure you do, but um, you know, people just from the outside think that we just fish all the time and put up videos, but there's so much stuff behind the scenes. So I wouldn't say burnout is, I mean, we, I, I'm not burnt out yet, but um, I don't get to fish as much as I'd like to. I'll leave it, you know, I'll say that, but I, hopefully now that we got the, the families moved and we're out here on the, on the East coast and the South, I guess, uh, more fishing will be in our future, but uh, yeah, definitely not burnt out, but it is a lot of work. Talk to me about that move. Cause I think it's one of the most amazing things ever that you guys literally, <laughs> while the rest of us were just upset that we're being locked down and everything, you guys, you guys said, screw this. We're not being <laughs> locked down. Right. We're going to move across the country and we're going to drag our families with us. That is one of the most amazing not just moves for your lifestyle, but commitments to the industry that I've ever seen all the way from California to Tennessee. Yeah, we were, we were eyeing the East coast. We were spending a lot more time traveling back and forth across the country. And every time we did, it was, you know, um, it was harder and harder. So as we came back to uh, Northern California has amazing fisheries, uh, some of the best that we've ever fished, but the more that we ventured out to the South, to the, the Northeast, um, the more we loved it and the more we understood that we could, you know, grow out here. And, um, when COVID hit clear Lake, you know, both Matt and I live, lived on clear Lake. It was the first lake in the entire country completely shut down. It is a destination Lake and the sheriff couldn't, uh, control who was coming and going. So they shut the entire lake down. And with us needing to, uh, you know, shoot fishing videos, we had no lake to do that on without traveling. So, uh, the kids were in distance learning already. So we, Matt hooked up the, the boat in his camper and we rented a motor home and hooked up the boat and we hit cross country. I, th- I know my family was gone for 42 days and wow. just uh, went and explored and, and had a good time and, and fell in love with uh, Tennessee, East Tennessee and uh, decided to, to stake our roots here. Been awesome. It's, it's pretty incredible that, that you, you guys, did that in your, in your family, you know, I mean, when you started this, the day you registered tactical bassing, did you ever imagine, you know, 12 years from now, my, my family are going to hit the family yeah. truckster. I mean, it's pretty, uh, it's shocking really, but I mean, that is the story of a lot of YouTube channels, I imagine. Right. It's yeah. incredible. None of this was yeah. ever foreseen, right? None of it. We just had no idea what would happen. Right. And it, it's an incredible blessing is what it is. It's amazing that we've been able to do this and that we have families that are willing to go along with the craziness. It's right. really remarkable. And you look at a lot of the touring pros too. I mean, how many guys are from California that have made that same, that same move just because it's, it's so much, there's so many great fisheries out here in the, in the two to three hour kind of radius of where we're at. So it's just, a, it was easy for us, easy for the family. Uh, the doing part was a little tough. It was a little chaotic, but uh, we're here now, and and it's been it's been great. It's 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 pretty incredible to see your whole family. You know, I got to see them at the tournament we were in Tennessee last year, mm-hmm. and and your whole family. I, I feel like is the next evolution for tactical bassin. Is it is it is it the next generation? Because they are all fishing freaks just like you, including your wife. Yeah, both our wives. Um, I don't know. Uh, no pressure on my end. Um, I know my kids love fishing. I know Matt's daughter loves fishing. 
uh, loves being on the boat, but, uh, if it happens, it happens, you know, it's, that'd be cool, but I don't know. I'll you, put Matt? the pressure on them. Don't worry. I'm going to make every one of those kids do it. Yeah. They might as well earn money, right? Come on. <laughs> lived in the way they've become accustomed. They got to keep you guys going. It's That's awesome. right. Keep it going. Speaking of keep it going, that is one of the big topics on YouTube, especially these last few weeks. I mean, obviously, the hunting industry has been uh, attacked, really, I guess, whatever way you want to look at it. A bunch of YouTubers that have been putting up hunting content, I mean, it's going away and they're being demonetized and for guys that make their living on YouTube, I imagine those are all scary things to hear. You know, it, it's not the first time that this has happened. Um, those are always scary things, obviously. Uh, and you, you have to know if you're on a platform like YouTube, you don't own your business, right? You don't own your content. You just don't. Um, so you have to know that on the front end. So if somebody came into YouTube thinking they were going to grow some empire and then got, got it all pulled out from under them, that would be pretty shocking. But you have to be realistic that YouTube is just a platform. Um, we try to just take it all in. You know, we don't get too worked up about anything. And uh, YouTube is just a platform. It's an amazing platform where we get to reach a lot of people. But at the end of the day, you don't make any of those judgment calls. So, We'll see how that stuff plays out. Hopefully it calms back down like it has in the past. Uh, we've been caught up on a couple of those waves before over nothing but our name. You know, there's nothing in our content would ever get caught up, but our name certainly does. And it usually takes a while to get that sorted out. So we'll see what happens. So what? So you guys have had been hit with this stuff in the past. Yeah, we've had we've had it almost a year, I think, where every video we uploaded was automatically demonetized just because the name Tactical was in it. And uh, after a 24-hour period, then we could ask to have our, our videos reviewed. But uh, it's it's again, it was never about the money or anything like that. We just wanted to put up cool content, and uh, so we just made our way through it. But yeah, it's hit us before, so we'll see what happens. Saying it's never about the money, I think that's a cool statement, and I think it, it truly never was about the money. But at some point, it has to now. I mean, this is what you do for a living, no? I mean, at some point, if, if your wives haven't told you, I'm going to tell you right now, it's all about the money. <laughs> well, uh, definitely everybody has to get fed. That part's important. But, but bigger than that, it'll be all right. Right. And that was one of the other you know, key factors about moving was the cost of living and just the, the quality of life out here too. you know, big, big, a uh, lot less to live out here. And uh, the quality of life has been, has been great. So that was one of the key factors of moving. Always good to get a better quality of life, obviously. And uh, one of the things that people are talking about right now that they say is going to ruin our sport. And I want to get your take on it. <laughs> forward-facing sonars i mean every brand has them now they're all out there everybody's using them i'm seeing how it's messing with anglers minds you know what i mean even more so the anglers that don't have it or didn't have right. it for a certain right. time you know to know that your competitor's actually looking at the fish what do you guys think of that technology i i don't hate it i actually like it i'm excited to you to to get to learn it you know the fit the sport of fishing is always evolving right they're all if you're not learning the newest techniques, you're always going to get left behind. Um, 
I've said for many, many years that the, the suspended fish were the last frontier in bass fishing. And I think this forward facing sonar is what's going to, what's going to show those fish, you know, uh, allow anglers to see those fish and fish for fish that have never been fished before, if that makes sense. Um, so I'm, I'm a fan of the sport. I'm not going to get left behind. I, I tend, I totally plan on learning how to use it. Um, I see some of the chatter back and forth about banning it and this and that, but you know, where do you stop? Do you, where do you stop at side yeah. imaging or down imaging or 360 imaging? You know, it's here. I think it's here to stay. So hopefully those guys that are kind of, uh, you know, ticked off about it, will will uh, kind of learn and, and just move forward. So I'm excited about it. How about you? I, I mean, I like it. I, 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 I just, I can't, my, my take on, I haven't used it yet. I've, I've seen it okay. in use. Um, but it, it, I mean, you, as an angler, you have to have it. I feel like that's the problem. That is really the problem or an angler. Okay. I should preface that because I know somebody's going to watch this and be like, well, what if you can't afford it? And that's, I mean, you, but if you're obsessed with the sport, like we are, I mean, that's a technology that you can't just turn your blind eye to it. You know what I mean? Like it, it, to me, it's the coolest thing about it is it's such a great learning tool and not with the fish you catch. It's like every fish you see how it reacts and when you change right. your bait, when you change your color, um, is that your guys' experience? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think you, uh, one key point I want to make is, yeah, if you're a tournament angler, I think you need, if you're competing, you know, I think you need to give yourself the best opportunity to, to win. But if you're just a, you know, a, an, a weekend warrior or whatever we, we preach all the time, you know, um, don't break the bank. Don't go, don't go broke for bass fishing. Right. So uh, don't go into debt over needing forward facing sonar, you know, only get it if you can afford it. But uh, yeah, for the, for the competitive fishermen, I think you're going to need it to hang with these guys, unless you're a shallow water fisherman. You know, if you're doing anything offshore or, you know, structure based, you're going to, you're going to need it. And like you said, the learning how the fish are positioning, how they're reacting to your glide bait, you know, was that one twitch too many? Did that turn the fish off? Now that you can see all that real time, you know, just like some of that underwater stuff, you can really learn from the, the fish, their mannerisms and, and what they do and do not like. Matt, I'll ask you specifically, what do you think it, it goes next? You know, like um, what does this do to our sport? You know, how does it change the fish five years from now, 10 years from now? Do you think it changes the fish or, or do the fish adapt and, and we just end up continuously changing? I think we just continuously change. Uh, I do think it will have a huge impact on a segment of fish that were not being messed with previously, yeah. right? Those fish that are floating out there that were out there for a reason to stay away from the traffic. Um, those fish are getting plucked now. And I don't think, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. The fish that were on the bait were, they were getting plucked before, right? It's not a, it's not a moral issue whatsoever, but I do think that those fish out there will toughen up. Uh, I suspect over time, guys will get tired of watching forward-facing sonar and watching fish turn off and turn off and turn off and turn off. As they get smarter, it won't be quite as fun to watch it anymore. Yeah. Uh, but I overall, I think it's great. Who knows where we go from here, right? It's, We've come a long ways past where any of us thought we were going to be, uh, but it is pretty incredible. Seth Fighter thinks it's just going to be a big casting contest in a few years. He's like, just like, you know, the underwater. And, and it makes sense. If you think of the Great Lakes, 
used to drop to every fish and it was literally 90 something percent of them would eat mm-hmm. then it got to 50 then it now yeah. it's tough to catch a fish right under your boat unless the conditions are perfect i mean you have to cast away from the boat because they so i mean i can't really argue with this theory right right it will be interesting to see because now we can actually see it will be interesting to see how quickly the behavior of those fish that are out there floating starts to change. Well, what do you guys think is the next big frontier? I mean, if you look at all these different things that have, I mean, so many revolutions have happened in, in our lifetime. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like graphite rods, <laughs> braided line, all that happened. And then do you look at, you know, side imaging and now four what do you think is the next great wave in fishing or is it going to be this for a while? I think it'll be this for a while. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it'll be this for a while. But I could see I could see more development in sound. I think there's something to that. There's room for that to be further developed. Like in sounds from lures or sounds like are you talking like a hydrowave type deal or what exactly the hydrowave type deal? Every generation of that technology has worked, and I don't think it's been perfected at all, right? I mean it's only been dabbled with. You don't have a bunch of competing companies trying to climb climb over each other to figure out the best solution. Um, but we've all seen times where it absolutely worked. There's room for that to grow. Yeah, I would I would think that that's going to be it for a while. But I mean, that being said, that stuff came out, and honestly, none of us embraced it right away. I mean, when it that technology right. first came out, it, I mean, kind of. It's shocking. You know, I'm almost shocked that the people that had it first didn't kick everybody's butt more. Um, but right. the technology has got better as we've moved along. Um, if you guys could design some futuristic, I mean, I always say, when is it going to be the day when the freaking front deck is no longer carpet? It's just a LCD screen. And you, you can, I mean, rather, I mean, who wants to have all these brackets and things? Uh, what, what hocus pocus bizarre thing would you like to introduce to your life in fishing if you could uh the part where you say good question so yeah give me a minute on that one let me think on that one i i hate to say it but you hit the one that i always talk about i don't know how many times we've walked by a great big screen and i've said why isn't that just sunk in the deck why are we clamoring around all of this stuff up here why is it so cluttered when you could just look down at your feet and have that be the end of it it's right there i mean it's, it's right there it's pretty ridiculous really though you got your <laughs> floor. <laughs> not that it's not ridiculous already i mean i i i think i worked out i have more in electronics on my boat in the average year than i spent on my very first bass boat which Incredible. shows you how messed up the world is right right what do yeah, you guys- I started out in a flow tube and now, yeah, now you're running or I'm running three to four units, you know, on the boat. I think Matt is as well. It's just growing with the sport and uh, in, in order to have that cutting edge technology or to know the cutting edge technology and be able to explain it and learn it, you have to kind of have it, um, even if sometimes you don't want it. And I think, too, you know, we haven't really talked about all this technology, you know, forward facing sonar. There's going to be a happy medium, uh, you know, not looking at that unit all the time and actually using your fishing instincts and not just looking at the, the screen. Um, 
I've, I've played around with it a few times and I found myself just staring down at the screen the whole time and not really paying attention to what's going on. So there's going to be a balance and I think it'll take a, uh, some guys uh, a little bit to, to learn that. But, um, but yeah, I think this technology is here to stay and, and if we're not learning it, then we're going to get left behind. So, yeah. And I would, I would, I mean that what you brought up is literally happening now. I mean, there's anglers on the elite series at every tour that, that got that technology and have overused it. There's anglers who have figured out when and what, I mean, it's so hard. Everyone I know that's good at it, at, they tell you, you know, the first quest is to get good at it and figure it out. And then the second part of the challenge is knowing when to turn it off right. and when to turn right. it on. Because, right. I mean, if you can see them, it it makes it hard to fish when you can't see them. <laughs> right. Right. So uh, it, it, it really is a crazy technology. Speaking of tournaments, how much attention do you guys pay to tournaments i mean to stay on the cutting edge does a lot does a lot of that information come from tournaments or is it is there a difference between tournament fishermen and the hardcore angler like you guys no we pay attention uh it's just hard as, as busy as we are with our families you know i have three kids and matt's got got one and just everyday life it's hard to do this full time and then you know go watch results or you know, when, when there's tournaments in town here, Dayton will go to the weigh-ins and stuff and say hi to them. A lot of those guys are our friends, so we'll, we'll uh, we we follow it as much as we can. But a lot of the stuff that we talk about is just from our own fishing experience uh, experiences, and and uh, yeah, so we follow it, but um, not as much as we we I'd want to. I, think I have a hard time watching TV. I, I haven't watched a movie that wasn't Disney or Pixar in the last you know six or seven years, so. Uh, you know, parents, they understand. Yeah. It'll stop in a few years when they don't care about you anymore. Then you'll get to watch TV again. It's the circle of life. It's children. Uh, but keep them caring about you for as long as possible. I'll try. Yeah. Those are truly, I mean, that's the weird thing about life. Like people, that's one of those things. And I'll tell you, I mean, I heard it over and over again. Oh, it's, it passes fast. It passes fast. Your kids, you know, spend every moment with them. And you literally, when you're younger, you think, ah, oh, that's just crap old people say. And then you, all of a sudden you realize you're saying it and you realize that you, all of a sudden, not only were they right, but you're officially old at this point. Right. <laughs> um, but it's truly the most cherished time to, to be home with your kids. Yeah. That's, that's really is the best thing is, you know, you, you mentioned it before getting out on the water with the kids and kind of teaching them, you know, just, it's, it's frustrating sometimes, right? You got to have patience and everything, but getting out there with the kids and having them succeed and have the success stories, just the smiles on their faces and then telling their friends and stuff. That is what is, is awesome. And that's, what's so great about our channel is, you know, meeting all the other people that, uh, you know, that have had success from the videos and uh, the emails, the messages, the texts, the comments, uh, the high fives, you know, the stories of the boat ramps, that's what it really is all about. And that's what keeps us going, you know, uh, at midnight or one in the morning trying to get these videos uploaded. It's just all about that success and, and growing the sport and giving them back to the sport that's done so much for us. But uh starts with our kids, our own family, and uh, just kind of snowballs from there. And I think you guys have a personal connection with a lot of those people. I mean, I'd like to think that I have a personal connection with a lot of the people that come to our channel too, but, but by right. you guys helping them catch fish, literally showing them things that worked, that's a connection. You weren't there when they caught that fish, but but they caught that fish because of Matt or because of Tim. They feel that in their heart, and they always will. Uh, right. So I think that that connection can't be understated. Absolutely, it's uh, 
It's been awesome. Um, you know, the, the, I would say that only the, the, the downside of growing as much as we did is our time and not being able to answer as many comments as we used to. We try to answer every single comment because we want to build those relationships. We want to hear the success stories. We want to give the best advice as we can. But now between Facebook and Instagram and, and YouTube, I mean, if Matt and I answered comments 24 hours a day, we'd never get to the end of them. So it, that's been the hard part. But yeah, building those relationships and uh, and hearing those success stories is, is really what it's all about. It's very, very cool. So what's the future for Tactical Bassin? But I mean, you guys, I mean, I know you like to play that. Well, we're just, I mean, we're making good content, but you must have plans for the future, no? Yeah. We can ask that question a lot. We, did, did we say we're a couple fishermen that don't have a clue what we're doing? You did mention uh, that. <laughs> we're just going, man. I mean, obviously, we'd like to continue to grow. We'd like to be able to continue to speak to people for as long as possible. Uh, but I don't know that we have those. We're not business minds. We're fishermen who somehow ended up here. So we don't have these giant plans that we're constantly working towards all the time. We're just continuing to help people grow and we're all doing it together. Right. I think uh, as far as goals, it's just to fish more, you know, fish different species, (laughs) fish on the big ponds, saltwater, do some more travel stuff. You know, the more, the more time that we can spend on the road at other people's local launch ramps and have success and teach people on their own bodies of water, I think the better. Um, but yeah, just, just to fish more, you know, try and, and get our feet below us and get back, you know, now that we're all situated and moved, just more fishing, more travel and uh, yeah, continue to learn ourselves so that we can, can continue to teach with uh, the newest, latest and greatest technologies and baits and, all that good stuff. Do you guys have a bucket list fish? Either of you? I mean, every, you have to. I mean, there's a fish you haven't caught. The, I mean, we got to do a shoot for this or at least just go do this one time. We've we've recently checked some of those, those boxes. Um, there's always a list of species, right? Always. But we, in the last couple of years, well, right up until everything got crazy, yeah. We got to check some of those boxes off. Um, I really wanted an Arctic char and we got to go up and do that deal. And then we really wanted Arapaima. We got to go down and do that. That was mind blowing. So we've checked some of those biggest boxes, yeah. but Oh my gosh, there are always more species. You've got to be kidding. The problem is they get more and more exotic and more and more expensive. <laughs> as you know, right? Right. So, yeah, so see, I got, that is the problem. It is the problem because I'm just thinking, like, I got to like a, kind of where you guys are. I did the Arctic thing and everything. I did, mm-hmm. you know, the Amazon River a few times. But to do the other stuff, like to go to Egypt and catch tiger fish and stuff right. like that, I mean, yes. it's really ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you have to sit down at some point and decide how bad do I want these species. Right. Do I want to continue to figure out the stuff here or am I going to roll it all up in one big trip and go over there? Do, do you have a species, uh, Tim, that stands out for you? You know, I really like big trout, you know, big browns, big rainbows. So I do want to go back to Alaska and chase some of those big uh, Kenai River rainbows. That was a blast. Matt and I did that trip back in like 2011, I believe. Ooh, um, that hurts. 
Yeah, that, I know. That was a while ago. Right. Did I mention that it's work? Uh, yeah, so I, big rainbows, big browns, and then maybe some some saltwater stuff, maybe some GTs or something like that. I think it would be a lot of fun. Remove all those species and tell me, what is it about bass? I mean, because I have the same weird addiction. Like, I, I mean, even growing up, you know, like – I mean, bass was always the thing for me, like, you know, and I'd live around, uh, you know, some of the greatest tributaries for steelhead fishing. And I did all that stuff, but bass was just different. Bass was just, and for me, some of it might have to do with how obsessed I've been with, you know, bass masters and the tournaments since being a little kid, but, but ultimately remove all that. And it still was, I want to catch a bass. Is that the same for you guys? I, I could dial it in even farther than that. And this will sound funny because the amount of time that we've spent chasing giant green fish, it's all about smallmouth. I love smallmouth these days. I just, we don't do it all the time because less of the population does it. So if you're trying to teach people and you're trying to help them, you need to be speaking to large mouth. <clears throat> but I find that every time we have a down day, Every time we've got room for vacation, straight north, right? We are up there chasing northern smallmouth. And not that we don't have incredible smallmouth here on the Tennessee River. It's mind-blowing. And we will get these fish here dialed in too. But something about clear water, brown fish, watching them react over distance, right? Pitching about 40 feet ahead of them and just watching those fish travel. There is nothing else like it. Uh, I agree. I, I agree. But I have commenters every once in a while that tell me that they disagree. Um, there are <laughs> some people from the South that hate smallmouth shows and hate smallmouth tournaments, right. um, which I can understand because to a lot mm -hmm. of them, that's I mean, a lot of people just watch stuff to to learn how it can help them catch fish. And, and if that's right. I mean, I get it. Smallmouth is maybe not if you're not maybe spots or whatever. But so tell me well, what about uh, what about you, Tim? Is 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 it the same? You, you're just addicted with bass, or you know, I don't. I think I think you're born with it, really. You know, I grew up. I didn't. My my parents didn't have a boat or anything, so I was a pond fisherman, and and it was like a light switch, man. As soon as it was springtime and the grass was cut and baseball was starting, I was hopping fences and going fishing ponds. I just I knew something in my my mind. I just I just time to go fishing. So it's always been bass for me. Um, you know, living out there where we did, having the ability to catch 10-pound largemouth and 10-pound spots, and we've done that. And I think that's why the the smallmouth obsession is really um, – I, I, I agree with Matt. It's like I love going north. I love the clear water. I love just chasing those fish. You know, they're nomad fish. They're just out just roaming and trying to put those puzzle pieces together to figure those fish out. I I really do love it, but I, maybe it's because we're spoiled and we did the, the big, large mouth and some yeah. kind of thing. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just always, it's just, I love bass fishing. It's, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it besides I was born with it. And I think uh, a lot of true bass heads would agree. They just, it's just there just born with it. I agree with that with almost everything. I mean, I, I, I use my daughter as an example. I mean, I've grown up around hunting, but I don't hunt. I mean, not, nothing against hunting at all. I mean, I might be, I shouldn't even say it on a YouTube program <laughs> Nothing against it at all, but I just, I mean, I didn't have a family who taught me how to hunt and I just was so obsessed with fishing. I never took the time away to learn about hunting, but my daughter 
has just been obsessed with haunting her whole life. Of course, you know, like and when I took her to shoot a bowl for the first time, I, we're driving home and she's listening and she's listening on her phone. I'm like, what are you listening to? And she's like the sound. And I'm like, what sound? She's like the sound of the bow shooting like that sound to her. Yeah. And she would not grown up around and heard that. Like if your dad shot a bow all the time and your mom did this all the time and that's, that's childhood. That's, but I've never right. done that, you know? And, and I equate it to the sound of lines screaming through braided lines, screaming through slop or, or a drag swing. Those are sounds that are just nice sounds for people. Like, but it's, it's, nobody told you that's a good sound. It's just, it's read into you. Like, right. And I think my daughter, she was going to like hunting, whether we exposed her to it or not. And, and I would say the same thing about me with fishing. Totally agree. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. It is, there is something about those sounds. And you say the sound of braid coming through slop. Everyone who's done it knows that sound, right? That just speaks to you. It, it, oh, it's the greatest, greatest sound. I mean, on live, sometimes we'll be doing live and you'll hear that. And I'll just start making noises. Like, I don't even have, I'm just like. <laughs> it's the greatest sound ever. Um, so what's left to accomplish? Just keep helping people. I think you're going to tell me that, right? <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully we keep helping people. Uh, hopefully, you know, we don't get burned out. You know, we are bass heads. I don't think that we will. Um, but probably what's next for me is um, continue to do the video stuff. Learn this area. You know, it's, we call Chickamauga home now, the Tennessee River. Uh, but we don't spend much time here. You know, we're still traveling and learning other fisheries. And it's kind of like, well, it's in our backyard. We'll figure it out later. So just learning more and more fisheries. Um, you know, there are some subtle differences out here than, than out West and, um, you know, the kids, you know, kids, my, my oldest is now starting to talk about wanting to do tournament bass fishing and stuff. So there will be that eventually, but uh, for now it's just learning more of, of what we call home and, uh, and, and more travel. Yeah. That's, that's the goals for me. You, yeah, you Go ahead. I completely agree with Tim. Uh, I'll be more specific than that, though. I've, I've kind of created a game plan in my head. The people who saw us move here, I think some of them were nervous. Some of the locals were nervous when we showed up on Chick. They're thinking it's got too much pressure. We don't want these guys here. And now those people are going, where are they? Right. And uh, I mean, I can tell you in my head, I'm two years away from even trying to learn Chickamauga. Don't get me wrong. We're out here. We're fishing when we're home, but I'm not out here beating my head on the wall, trying to learn this fishery and dial it in. I've given myself two years to run around this side of the country and find those fisheries that just speak to me. I know that Chick will be one of them. I've already identified that. This is already an important lake to me. So in the short term, that box is checked. I haven't actually taken the time to dial it in, but there's other fisheries that are incredible in this half of the country, some big, some small. And we're on a mission to find all of those. You know, we, I feel like on the West Coast, we had it pretty locked down in terms of yeah. where we enjoyed fishing, when to be where, how to go catch a giant almost on command. We don't have that out here. And we have an incredible number of fisheries that we get to go break down to find those places to dial it in. So 
the next couple of years are almost set in my mind. And it is just day after day after day after day, pulling up to a launch ramp going, I wonder what's in this one. Right. And starting over just day after day. It's incredible. Yeah, and it's important to say too, we don't ask for help. We don't reach out or anything like that. We, we really true, tr- truly try to break this stuff down. And a lot of that is failure, right? You're, you're, <laughs> this lake have bass in it, or do we suck this back? You know, like, uh, you know, so we do try and do it without help and just kind of figure it out uh, on our own. But there's so many cool fisheries, like I said earlier, you know, just in like a two, three hour, you got Gunnersville and Pickwick oh, yeah. and Dale Hollow, and just so much history of bass fishing is right here. Um, it's almost like chick just gets left behind because it, you know, we're here and we can fish it anytime, right? So, Right. Yeah. You you said you're getting a little pressure to fish some tournaments from your kids. Is that something you guys deal with? I mean, because I just think it happens on every like every YouTuber out there. It seems that everybody's like, well, well when are you going to go fish some tournaments? Um, is that <laughs> something in your future, or is that something totally different, and you don't want any part of it? Maybe. Tim, uh, okay. Go ahead, Tim. Yeah, Tim. in the future. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> This, this is our life right here. We talk over each other full time. I, Tim, I think his path will be different because JD is old enough, right? So he's he might go down a different route. I gave tournament fishing up when I became a guide. Um, and I, I won't speak to what other people can do. I'll only speak for myself. And for myself, you're either a guide or a tournament angler. You can't be the best at both. Uh, They just don't work together. One is giving everything away and, and making sure other people succeed. And the other is making sure that you're at the top of your game. They just don't jive to be the absolute best. So when I committed to being a guide, that was the end of tournaments. I think I fished one since then ever. Uh, So we get the question a lot and we get a lot of pressure I have no plans of cracking. I mean, I've, I've kind of set my course. I'm, I love what we do. Tim, on the other hand, has internal pressure in the house that I think will grow in time. So we'll see what happens to him. Yeah, and, and to be honest, we both had our fair share of tournament fishing before this whole YouTube thing. Um, you know, I was traveling around doing tournaments and loved it. Um, and then I became a game warden. Uh, on Clear Lake. So it was kind of like, uh, you know, people were complaining about conflict of interest and stuff. So that's kind of when I pumped the brakes and, and uh, did the YouTube thing. So I miss you know, early morning blast off. Sometimes I miss the fact that you have to go to a specific lake and figure it out. Um, but what I don't miss is leaving a lake that is absolutely going off to go chase 10 or 11 pounds of, you know, spotted bass when you can catch 30 to 35 pounds but it's not on the tournament schedule. So um, there's a little bit I miss, but um, right now there's no time, right? Uh, but I do want to give JD the opportunity and, and maybe even the younger ones, you know, they, they love going out on the boat. And uh, I mean, my youngest one who's five was asking to go night fishing the other night for striper. And I'm like, almost <laughs> 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 hooked me in the daylight. I'm not taking you out on the boat in the dark because I will definitely have some trouble looks in the face. So, um, but no, they, they're, they're eating up with it and uh, we'll see what happens. But, uh, but yeah. I think tournament fishing, in my opinion, it, it is a, it can be a major part of the learning process just because it forces you. I right. mean, there's a lot of techniques that, that nobody would ever do. 
if it wasn't for tournament. I mean, half the people that drop shot on Earth would never, ever have thrown a drop shot if it wasn't for a tournament forcing them to do that. Or, you know, anything. You name any technology, forward-facing sonar. There's people that, if there was no tournaments that could live their entire life and ignore that. But once you right. know that the person beside you has it and you don't have it, I mean, it's it's like running on a treadmill at a hotel. I don't care if the guy's 80 years old beside me. I'm trying to beat him. It is always a contest. <laughs> yeah, it also forces you to fish fisheries you probably wouldn't ever go to if you chose. You know, you would stay to your, you know, five or six favorites, but now you have to travel and, and fish this lake that in your mind sucks, but it's on the schedule. So it just forces you to grow as an angler and if you don't know how to drop shot, you're going to either learn or you're going to not cash a check. So there's, there's pros and cons to it for sure. Yeah. yeah and and there's bad conditions too, like different conditions right. than you normally would. Right. As an angler coming in, like as a young angler coming up or a new angler coming in, I think tournaments are a giant advantage for you because it is by far the most cost effective way to get on the boat with somebody who has some real knowledge and not only see fishing techniques, but to see boating, right? That's a major thing. You can go buy a boat and still have no clue what you're doing and go out and wreck that thing. Um, I know for me, my first few years on the California Delta specifically, my learning curve was so much shorter because I jumped into tournaments and rode around as a co-angler. And it wasn't about where to catch fish because that changes day in and day out on the Delta, but it was about how to navigate, how to get from A to B, which is the fastest route when there's eight different ways to get there, what's safe to run, what's not. You learn all of those things and you're riding around behind somebody who in theory is pretty good. And then you can take that, go back home to your own lake, get in your own boat, and go out there and try and learn. And it just really cuts that learning curve there. Even with me not being in tournaments, I would never tell somebody not to do it. There's a huge advantage to it. Uh, there's a time and a place for both ends of the spectrum in this sport. Definitely. Yeah. Just, just getting out on the water with other anglers, right? Every day on the water, you can learn something. You're either going to learn what to do or what not to do. Right. So, <laughs> um, you know, just learning, you know, when I was growing up, YouTube wasn't around, um, don't want to date myself, but the only way to learn was to read magazines, get out on the water with someone else or go, you know, go out and struggle by yourself. So fish with as many different anglers as possible to learn the different techniques. You know, everybody's good at something, right? So you're going to maybe fish with this guy and learn how to drop shot or at least how to tie a drop shot. You're going to fish with this guy and learn how to punch or at least set up a punch rig. And, and it just, it, like Matt said, it, it really narrows that learning curve of getting out of the water and learning from different anglers. You guys pride yourself on being on the cutting edge and revealing stuff to the world. And I, I, I'm not saying that's coming from you guys because you totally do it. I mean, that's one of the reasons I watch your stuff as much as I do. Um, what is the one thing? Has there been anything over <laughs> – the years of running this channel that you guys were like, no, we can't release it. We can't like, has there been any of that kind of stuff or is it always just been like, screw it. It's all going out there. No, there was one of those things. Speed cranking is the one that comes to my mind. We sat on that for our own benefit for a few years. I mean, it, it just, it was too good. And we were catching too many fish and, and don't get me wrong. We were still trickling it out there. 
But we waited a long time to finally just sit down and be like, hey, if you haven't put the pieces together, this is a thing you need to be doing. Uh, that's the only one, though, that I can ever remember where. And that one specifically was just so deadly in our own backyard. And we were having so much fun that we held on to it just a little bit longer. But that's the only thing that I can even think of that, that we went that route. But, oh, my gosh, if you don't do it, you have to do that. It's way too much fun. Give them a rundown on it right quick right now. Let's give them an idea of how to do that. The, the gist of it is not every crankbait will do it. There's only a handful of crankbaits that will do it. But it, it starts when the water starts to cool down in the fall, about now, and it runs all the way through winter. And that's what pe people don't understand is that in the dead cold of winter, when you think that you are dragging a jig or doing some other super slow technique because the water's 38 degrees, and then you find out, that no, you can get an eight to one reel out and pick up the right crankbait and turn that handle harder than you've ever turned it. And an eight pound bass will eat three feet from your rod tip in 38 degree water. It's a different animal. It will mess you up. It is way too much fun. And it makes winter fishing way more fun. It really just changed things for us. We had a blast. Yeah, cold water speed cranking to be more exact. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, no, it, guys, I can't thank you guys enough for the stuff that you've put out there. I think it's, it's really amazing stuff. And that's why such a wide swath of anglers follow your stuff with that in mind. I mean, you, you kind of appeal to the same market as tournament anglers. You ever get any grief from tournament anglers or, or does everybody get along? We get along, you know, so a lot of those guys are Good. our friends or, you know, text back and forth or, you know, let them stay at the house during tournaments, that sort of stuff. But, uh, you know, it's, we get the comments every once in a while. It's like, Oh, why did you have to say that product? Or why did you have to show <laughs> that? But, um, you know, it's all for the better good, right? The more, more people that are having success out on the water, uh, the better for the entire industry and, uh, what less, less Xboxes, more tackle boxes. Right. So we just, we, we try to just give people the confidence and show them what we're doing, teach them what, what we're doing, and then give them the confidence to go out there and succeed themselves. So, you know, sometimes we get a little, you know, some text messages or comments, but for the most part, it's all been very, very positive. Yeah. All right. Last question. You guys are about, uh, real quick math, um, about 390,000 subscribers ahead of me right now, I believe. So I'd like to get some subscribers. How do I, how do, I do that? How do you get some subscribers? Yeah. No big deal. You just uh, stay up all night, every single day editing. And then here we are. No big deal. Yeah. That's, that's really <laughs> the, that is the truth. Like there is no quick way to any of this stuff. It's like saying, how do I have a business that overnight is generally, if it's overnight, it's either illegal or it's not going to last. Yeah. No, there are some quick things to do, but for us, we've always tried to stay true to who we are and what we do. And that's teach and just give real honest, information we're not trying to do clickbaity stuff um you know nothing against any of that it's just just not who matter i are and and uh yeah lots of work uh the 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 biggest piece of advice i can give anybody is just keep going you know there were so many days and nights um you would just beat your head against the desk you know what why, why did this video take off and not this video and whatever but uh just 
if you really truly love fishing and, and you're going to continue to put out good content, you know, just continue to upload and, and see what happens. That's the best advice I can give. You know, it's never, it hasn't come easy by any means, like Matt said, but um, just keep going. It's a 12 year overnight success that you guys have. Right. <laughs> overnight. Yeah, exactly. But really there are a lot of people trying to do YouTube. And, and I think that a lot of those people think that, there are magical answers out there that no one's been willing to give them. And I think it's important that they know that all of us doing what we're doing feel the exact same way where we just don't know. Right. And that, that never changes. Uh, so don't feel like you're suddenly going to turn a corner and have answers that that isn't what it's about. It's just continuing on. And sometimes it catches and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's the ones you expect and sometimes you have no clue why that worked, right. you know, but you just keep going. That is the only way that you'll make it. Yeah, I got to agree. I mean, trust me, I searched for every quick method and none of them worked, <laughs> okay? Um, and then I just realized just put up good content often mm -hmm. and sooner or later it'll start to, the snowball will start to roll down the hill and I thank you guys for allowing me to put out some good content here today and discuss with you. Because you guys don't do hardly any of these kind of things. You're kind of a, a media elusive. We don't try to be, you know, it's, it's our schedules, man. I mean, how long, Dave, have you and I tried to set this up? It's, it's months, ridiculous, right? really. You, it, just so you know, you guys have the record. Oh, look at everybody that's been on this show. And a lot of them have accomplished a lot. You guys have been the hardest ones to freaking narrow. And not that, not that we don't communicate. I mean, right. it's not that we don't know each other. It's just figuring out a time to make it work. Yes, yeah, texting and calls and I'm available, Matt's not available, you forget to call, I forget to call, whatever it is. It's it's it we don't try to be elusive. It's just it's we're times two, right? We're twice as busy because we have the families and all this stuff in different directions. But uh no, we we appreciate it. Uh hopefully we'll get back out on the water soon. It's been a little while since we fished together. Yeah, let's go fishing. Let's do that for sure. Next time we do one of these, we'll do it on the water. Sounds good. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Tactical Bassin. And man, you guys are awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dave. For having Appreciate us. it. Two amazingly humble dudes that have built an incredible empire just by being good dudes, by telling the truth and soldiering on, being relentless, doing it week after week. We've talked about that a lot on this show. And it really is just showing up every single day. And that's what they've done. And before you know it, it has been an incredible empire. So please support them. I'll put the link in, in comments. So make sure to subscribe to their channel. And hopefully a few of their great fans will subscribe to this mediocre channel. I know you don't like when I call things mediocre, okay? But it's better than saying it sucks, okay? Well, I mean, it, it's a pretty good channel. See you next week. Thanks for watching. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Because Bob Cobb of the Bassmasters told you to. You hear?